What is happening, my friends? Hey, what's going on? It's Cooper. Another new episode of the Welcome to Cooperville podcast about to get underway. And this episode is brought to you by Monster Energy and not just energy drinks anymore. Did you know that? Yeah. Even though I'm a big fan, of course, Ultra Sunrise and any of the Zeros, now Muscle Monster and Monster Hydro. Doing the workout thing, looking to get fit, hydration is key, getting your lean protein is key, and now Monster has got you taken care of on both fronts with Muscle Monster and Monster Hydro. Because not only are you getting the hydration your body needs after a workout or intro workout, you're also getting a little boost to energy. Same thing with Muscle Monster. Protein you need and the energy you need to get through. Check out MonsterEnergy.com or search for Muscle Monster on Facebook and Instagram and the Twitter. This show is also brought to you by Violent Gentlemen Hockey Club. The Violent Gents rocking some VHGC gear today. Nobody likes us and we don't care. I had that sticker on my Jeep forever. I still have it on my Jeep. Now I got the gear to go with it. Check out Violent Gentlemen on Instagram. Also ViolentGentlemen.com, the website. All the cool lines of products that they have. If you're a hockey fan, they probably got something for your team to throw that hockey attitude that you uh, well, usually spit with your mouth. Now you can say it loud and proud with your clothing line. Again, look for Violent Gentlemen on all the social media platforms and violentgentlemen.com. we got some cool stuff coming up with some new sponsors going to be jumping on the show, including Midwest Meals and Holistic Remedies, Beard Oil, and CBD. So stand by for more stuff on that. And not only are we going to have information for you to pass along, but some savings as well and some giveaways as well. That stuff is all coming in the very near future. Very excited for this week's episode of the Welcome to Cooperville podcast. Longtime friend Zeb Christensen of the band Screaming for Silence joins me. We talk about a whole bunch of things, including his love for the Raiders. How does a guy born in Iowa become a Raiders fan? We'll find out. New episode starts right now. Welcome to Cooperville. Do you know what's fun to do in Cooperville? Pack up your shit and get the fuck out. Listen www.welcometocooperville.com <laughs> Who the fuck says www anymore? I can't even say it. www <laughs> Stop that! The Welcome to Cooperville podcast. On demand anywhere quality podcasts are available. And some places where cheap podcasts are available. And the local gas station has some. Subscribe. Get updates. Feel better about your life. Welcome to Cooperville.com. Welcome to Cooperville. Make sure you use a coaster. The wife gets upset when we leave rings on the tables. I remember the first time I met Zeb Christensen. There was a wedding in our peripheral vision. There was a crazy lady, very dedicated to her cause and to her love and to music. And Zeb and Screaming for Silence happened to be in that same peripheral vision at the same time. And somehow, not only did we unify a, uh, a friendship, but we unified two people in the uh, alleyway of holy matrimony. Absolutely. That about sums it up, doesn't it? Yeah, that's, you nailed it. We will get into that story as we get through this podcast. Uh, but Zeb Christensen, Screaming for Silence. Hey, buddy, thank you. Good to see you. Man, thanks for having me. It's great to see you too, man. Always great. How have things been? It's It's been a minute since we've gathered our thoughts together. It's been, Things have been good, man. Things have been good. Uh, just lots of life stuff going on and, uh, you know, still keeping uh, Screaming for Silence going and mm. uh, keeping the ball moving, man. 
I've been seeing that people getting married, people popping out children. It's like yes. the family is expanding over there. Yes, I, I don't know if it's contagious or what the deal is, but we got, uh, you know, Casey got married and Danny just got engaged and Matt, our drummer, just had a little baby girl. And so they're just, everything's going on like crazy, man, which is good. That's, that's, it's great to see we're, we're all happy and, and happy for each other. And, and that's always great. So, and, and have you officiated all these weddings? Do they just call you up like, you know, I, I did do Casey and his wife, uh, Bridget. I did do their wedding. They got married in Las Vegas. Nice. Uh, so we went down to the strip and and uh, unified their love. And uh, yeah, man, it was fun. It was a blast. Cause I think it was a blast that's... for the most part. <laughs> the details are a little bit sketchy at this point. <laughs> Let me think about that. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure it's on it's on camera somewhere. It's on yeah, somewhere. The, wet, the wedding part was great. It yes. was just maybe the after part that got a little gray, but... Well, when and it's very Casey like, and and we'll we'll get into my my Casey stories here too. But it, the <laughs> wedding in Vegas, I I don't think I would have uh, imagined it any other way. Right, That's correct, fitting. right, yeah. Cool, man. Well, uh, you know, lots to catch up on, and and the really cool thing about this, and we were kind of talking about it a little bit, man, before we started rolling here, is is this is really just about telling stories, and a lot of times uh, getting to go back to uh, remembering when music found its way into your life and how. Uh, you know, how the industry uh, can be amazing and how it can be horrific. Um, but for you, you know, Iowa kid, right? Is that right? Iowa? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Born and raised in Iowa. And to be honest, and whenever anybody uh, tunes in and listens to this podcast, because you can listen anytime, anywhere, find podcasts are sold. Uh, I am doing my podcast with you as the Wisconsin Badgers are kicking off their season. So I just want to tell you, on a level of how much I love you, like if my wife would have said, hey, um, we have this family dinner to go to uh, about 6 o'clock on Friday, I'd have been like, ooh, yeah, fucking Badger game's on, babe. You know, like tell them I said hi, but, you know. Right. But well, we're doing this, and I they're know. playing right now? Yeah, man. Are you, and they honor – oh, man, you know? I feel honored. You get, you get Zeb Christensen nailed down, you're like, fuck, man, I got to – but that shit's on the calendar in ink. We didn't pencil it in. I think I did that on purpose to you when we <laughs> had the time for this. Like, oh, I'm going to make them miss a Badgers game. Just right. Fucking Hawkeyes, man. Just, just going out just of diva. I'm just being a big diva like yeah, that. It's okay. I, musicians, you know, all you fuckers yeah. are the same. <laughs> but no, so, so growing up in Iowa, and again, in, I think Midwesterners and as a whole, even though we do obviously hold our rivalries in, in, in the sports field and uh, things like that, but there, there's, a, there's a certain like growing up part that we kind of all, I think, travel a lot of the same paths but what was Zeb like as a youth as a as a youngster yeah man we uh we we grew up on a farm I mean typical Iowa stuff man grew up on a farm horses cows pigs you know all the works and just uh kind of grew up in the sticks of Iowa and um I moved around a little bit as a kid and then um you know played all the sports football basketball you know they always say that you know the midwest midwest kids are big, strong athletes, corn fed. Corn so, fans. you know, yeah, I actually got into the sports side of things. And then, uh, that really transitioned into music later on, you know, after I grew up a little bit. So no, it doesn't hurt that you're seven feet fucking tall. Yeah. You know, you know that's, that's one thing we'll talk about <laughs> a ton about is that, yes, that, uh, we always claim that we'll beat anybody in basketball because we're all really tall being from the Midwest and, and, uh, you know, bands, I think from the coast and stuff that we always toured with and played with just, that's the first thing they would all say is you guys are 
freaking monsters. Like, how? What do you? What do they feed you? What are you know, just corn and potatoes, man? That's whatever's what on the table, and you eat it. That's right. Right. That's right. You finish what's on your plate, young man. Yeah. Grow be yes. big and strong. One hundred percent. That was that was growing up for sure. Did you for did sure. you have? Uh, was there a particular sport that you you know? And obviously, people will lean basketball just because of of the height factor. But but you yeah. know, you you built. You know, you can throw some people around. Where did you like? In your high school years, or where was your uh, where was your passion level as far as sports? Yes, yeah. so, so uh, I moved high schools when I was a sophomore. Uh, I really didn't want to play football, but I ended up playing football. And the high school I went to, we had a great football team. Uh, we were state champions my sophomore year, and went to state my junior and senior year. I got talked into playing, and I ended up playing center, which. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, I wasn't as big as I was back then, but we were from a small school and played center. And then uh, basketball was really my kind of my passion throughout high school and growing up. And that's really where I kind of, uh, you know, I ended up playing college basketball for a few years and, and doing that as well, too. So so where did it and we're going to we'll jump all around here and jump back to the to youth and, and music. Where did the fandom appreciation, love, adoration, fanaticness uh, for LA teams or teams on the West Coast. Where did how did that find its way into your Iowa blood? <laughs> That's a very good question. Uh, first off, I remember as a child getting a Nintendo, mm. which was like a huge deal for everybody when you get your first Nintendo and um, Super Techmobile, man, mm. Techmobile. And the Raiders had Bo Jackson. Bo and Jackson. I just remember he was an animal, and you could just run away from everybody. And then uh, it kind of became a rivalry between my family and I because they were Chiefs fans and I was kind of the, you know, the black sheep being the Raiders fan. And, uh, you know, like I remember uh, being down at Arrowhead running around in Raiders gear while everybody else was cheering for the Chiefs for my family and just it, it was a mess. So. And then as far as the Lakers go, I just I was a huge Shaq and Kobe fan, man, watching those two play together and, and dominate, even going back to like Magic and, and all those guys. My t- uh, my brother and his best friend, my brother was a Bulls fan mm-hmm. well, and his best friend was a Celtics fan. So I was like, OK, I can't like either one of their teams and agree with anything they want to do. So let me pick the, the other best team, which would have been the Lakers. So that's kind of how that started. Yeah, it was tough up here, you know, in the basketball vein of things because obviously we the Packers sucked for a long time like mm-hmm. most of my early childhood into my early teens and then obviously the Brett Favre thing and Mike Holmgren and and since then it's been fair to decent you know right it, it's there's right. been some some success there right but, but basketball the Bucks just were not they were not relevant enough in the NBA to even be showing up here. I mean, we're about, you know, three and a half hours north of Milwaukee. But right. so we got WGN, so we just got all the Bulls games. And obviously at that time, Jordan Pippen, Steve Kerr, you know, Horace Grant. Um, right. So you kind of felt you know, almost by default, uh, you were a Bulls fan. Um, right. But, you know, the, the Shaq and Kobe thing, have you in this? I, I just actually got done reading Relentless by uh, Tim Grover. Yeah. Uh, who was the, the one of the trainers of Kobe? Have you, have you read that book? I haven't read it it's, yet. I've heard about it though. Um, you know, it's as far as like an inspirational, motivational book. It's it's spectacular, but a lot of it, you know, is about uh, Tim and his his training with with Jordan, and then also with Kobe, and just talks about relentlessness. Is you know, it was Kobe, Kobe, and and Jordan, and and Dwayne Wade, all these guys that were just like 
offseason, if there was an injury, they'd fly from L.A. or Miami or, you know, into Chicago where uh, where Tim's um, training facility was. And just the way he talks about Kobe and how hyper-focused he was, you know, after games, dude just like everybody else is going out like, oh, you know, win or lose, they would either go out to party or they're going back home. And, and here's Kobe back, you know, at the gym or, you know, just right. continuing to work on his game. So if you're, you know – Looking for some motivation or looking for a great, uh, great anecdotal stories about Kobe Bryant. That's uh, uh, Relentless is, is a great read. I just got done uh, reading it. but And I feel like that's like what separated Kobe and Jordan from like the rest of the pack. I no, feel yeah. like they're just that character they had, that diehard cutthroat, I'm, I'm going to win and I'm going to do anything it takes to win is what set them aside. So I, I need to check that book out for sure. Yeah. Sure. And, and on the list. A lot of, you know, a lot of the talk about not just their on-court stuff obviously both you know Jordan the best probably ever uh and maybe the best that will ever play and Kobe is right up there in that conversation as well but just the way the dudes handled themselves on and off the court and uh professionalism and never sloppy uh just everything they did and it's a really cool you know you know Kobe had some some off-court things that happened Right. Jordan had some off-court things that happened, but the book really like ties in this when you're that driven and when you're just that never say die, always moving forward, a win right. is a win and then you're on to the next thing, like you have this dark side inside of you where you need to find a place to go to find more of that drive and and sometimes that can lead you into things that society may deem as inappropriate. Right. They don't like that. Sometimes. If you're in Denver, Colorado, right. you never know what's going to yeah. happen. But but it yeah. takes. And but what you see is you've seen uh, athletes, and, and you've obviously watched plenty of sports, and you you know watched all the things that happen, and you know off the court. Sometimes guy that will happen to individuals. Maybe look at a guy like Tiger, uh, right? And they will fall off the cliff. Yeah. Like I have been busted, and that is the end. See ya. Like nothing. Kobe and Jordan is like. Yeah, I buy my wife a big diamond ring and sorry yeah. about all the gambling. Well, and then they well, went back to being just on fucking point. It's ridiculous. Right. Water off the shoulders, yeah. man, for sure. It's fine. I'll be back for at sure. the court tomorrow. Yep. yep. But no, it's it, a, a great read. But um, want to talk to you about, you know, this year, obviously, football season is is upon us. We were yes. obviously talking about college getting underway and NFL season starting next week. And uh, Raiders were part of uh, Hard Knocks. Yes. Uh, so you got to see... Plenty of your boy Gruden yes. back. He, he makes the show for sure, man. <laughs> it's just, I, you know, it was kind of a bittersweet thing when they announced that because yeah. it was, you know, I know it's a distraction. I know all the cameras are there to try and stir things up and make things out of nothing. And, but man, to get like that inside look at your team was super cool. Right. Now, the one thing I will say, I'm a diehard Raiders fan, man. Like I, I mean, I diehard Raiders fan. Oh my I got God. It on my chest. showing like, the tattoo, man. That's but, dedicated. But we have the most, without Antonio Brown being around, we have the most vanilla team <laughs> like, ever, dude. Like, Derek Carr is just such a goody go-getter. Like, I love him, man. Like, Come I on, guys. Let's get together. We're going to play some ball today. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. 
Like, just not – it just really wasn't that entertaining besides Coach Gruden, man. Gruden, any time that guy talks, that he could talk me into running through a wall. Like, that guy just gets me amped up just any time he's talking. I'm all ears, man. But the rest of it has just kind of been pretty vanilla. But I'm looking forward to the season, man. I, I don't think we're going to be super great, but it'll be nice to hopefully see us turn a corner this year and get a few more Ws in that, in that column and and really turn it around, hopefully. So. See, and uh, that's how you can tell, like – when a fan is a fan and not just like overt, I mean, obviously you have an obsession issue with the tattoo, but, but Hey, Maybe but, slightly, but slightly. in all honesty, rock and roll, it's a, it's a badass tattoo. It's a badass logo. I get it. Like I put a giant green G on my chest and be like, what the fuck, yeah. dude? Yeah. Uh, but having realistic expectations, you know, like this is, right. you know, going, this is our year. We got yeah. Gruden and we got Antonio Brown and we're not sure if he's going to play because the whole helmet thing and, you know, right. in Green Bay over here, everybody, it's, it's so like 50-50 split. Like, well, no, got this new coach. And Aaron Rod- all of a sudden, Aaron Rodgers like this huge douchebag. Like, we're not sure if he's going to get along. I'm like, dude's the fucking best quarterback in football right now. I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, he, he'll, he'll figure it away. But it, it, it's cool. It, it's good to see people that have a realistic outlook on how the season's going to go. Like, yeah. Yeah. we're going to win some and we're going to lose some. And if things right. go our way more often than not, you know, playoffs and who knows. Now, now don't now don't get me wrong. As soon as that first kickoff goes <laughs> up, I'm the guy screaming, you oh, know, yeah. rip, his, "Rip his fucking head off!" Like I'm I'm going crazy. But usually, being a Raiders fan, I'm just really used to about week six or seven that I'm really already pretty disappointed. Off the fucking because <laughs> we man. haven't been good. And I here, here's what I say: I go win or lose, we're still going to slash somebody's tires in the parking <laughs> because that's just what Raiders fans are about, and that's what they do. So. We that, that's kind of that's the take I have on we it. Know, was it. We're not sure if the in the parking lot if we won or lost because like there's just <laughs> this shit's on yeah. fire. You know, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's still fine. still just madness. That's awesome, but no, looking forward to it. I mean, there's you know, I'm Midwest. I mean, you know, you you've dealt with winters and shit, and it it gets, yep. you know, when I think when you're a kid, it's like oh, you know, sledding and all this fun and Christmas and all this fun stuff. Then you get to like a certain age, and you're like, fuck snow, man. Like God, seriously, oh. done. Oh. But there's yep. always like football season is what you have to like okay this is going to get me through till in a perfect world february right right but and then there's like you know then there's a light at the end of the tunnel but other than that it's just really much plain misery yeah just relying (laughs) on that for sure absolutely we only got six more days and it's sunday dude for real like just hide in our house and stay, try and stay warm as much yeah, as you can. That's pretty much it. Uh, but no, you know, so uh, taking you back to, uh, you know, to growing up and uh, where do you remember, you know, when, when music first found its way, in, in, it, it's a part of everybody's life. It's right. it, the radio's on or, you know, your parents, you know, have a, have a certain influence on you. But for you, where was, where did music first find its way into your ear? And you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of into that. So my, my dad, uh, part of growing up was a truck driver mm-hmm. and we were always in the truck and just, I'll never forget him. You know, he'd put in, uh, ACDC, he'd put in George Therogood, you know, and he'd put in Bob Seger and just a lot of that rock side. And then he put in the country side and I'd kind of be like, eh, but when, when the rock hit, like I was right. listening and I was loving it, man. And, and that's really where it all started. And then kind of from there, like my brother and I were always into the same kind of music. Uh, we had a really big bond as far as that goes. And, and he took me to a lot of shows uh, when I was younger. 
and really got me into it because as soon as I saw some of those live shows that we, you know we can get into details about, but as soon as I saw some of those shows, like it just it had me hooked and it just had me engaged from the moment the music started all the way to the end. And then I started researching bands and just I always loved it, man. It was it was awesome, you know. There's a pretty big band from the state of Iowa. Yes, that uh, <laughs> that people have heard of. They're called Slipknot. Obviously, yes. they've uh, you know. And, and I'll get into, you know, maybe, you know, any uh, influence that they had uh, on you just, just because of Wisconsin and, and Iowa. There's a lot of this, like, mm, like, I guess there's some good things that have come out of here. You know, we make right. beer and cheese and, you know, you guys got uh, like corn and stuff down there. And, but it's not like, oh, yeah. When you look at the, the coast, I think obviously they get a lot more attention. So you see a lot of these big bands that come out of L.A. And, and yeah, granted, a lot of those guys are implants out of there. You know, they're from Saginaw. And, yeah. you know, they took a trip out and ended up living out in L.A. But, you know, Slipknot being one of those bands that, that really, I mean, the, Iowa, I mean, name of their first album, but really yep. has found not just uh, kind of bringing that really heavy metal sound to as, as mainstream as it will ever get, but yep. it's had longevity. And as, yep. uh, you know, and Corey has done an amazing job, I think, of uh, – when the mask comes off and, and the stone sour thing and, and the advocacy that he's doing now for, I you know for suicide prevention. And, um, but for you, was there, was there some influence there with, with those guys as you were growing up? 100%. Uh, I mean, to this day, Slipknot is my favorite band of all time. Mm. I mean, it just, and, and that's a lot of the reason is because I think that rock and roll, it, it really, uh, growing up, it, it helped express, you know, I kind of got to like get my anger out and mm. like, go to music to it always had my back mm -hmm. and uh slipknot i'll never forget what, what the, the first time i saw a part of their set uh they were playing like this festival in iowa and it was all like top 40 bands they had no like <laughs> no reason to be on this lineup at all and they came out and people were just mind blown right. like what is going on what is this madness and it just, it was so angry. And I think that that was probably like what got me into the heavier side is mm -hmm. listening to them and, and kind of how they did things. And then uh, this, the second time I saw them was, it was 99 and they were playing in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Mm -hmm. And this, the show was insane. It was called the Pledge of Allegiance Tour. And it was Slipknot, System of a Down, Rammstein and American Head Charge. Jeez. And I literally was in the mosh pit scared for my life. Like, <laughs> a, you know, I think I was a freshman in high school just going crazy. And it was so packed and so full and sweaty. And it was just it was crazy. And after that, I was sold. I was like, this is it's something different. It was on a whole nother level from that point. So, yeah, um, Head Charge, I Head Charge over from they were from uh, Minneapolis. So yeah, we had a chance yeah. to interact with them a lot. And, you know one of those bands that you just, they, they were just, they were right fucking there. You know, they, yeah. they, their, their, their toe was on the fucking diving board and, you know, with, and, and I'm sure bands that you've been in and bands that you've known, things happen, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and that's yeah. it. Uh, just a lot of tragedy, uh, within that camp that's happened, uh, in the last decade or so. But, but for yeah. you, um, finding your way into a band, um, you know, what was, what was the first, uh, first gig that you recall throwing down? Oh gosh, man. So, uh, so with the sport kind of moving the sports into the music thing, and, and that's why I was glad we talked about that because, so I ended up going to college to play college basketball. And when I, uh, went to college, I met Dan and Casey mm -hmm. who were playing college football at the time. And that is when we started the band. And it was more at that time, just kind of for fun and, 
and shits and giggles, to be honest, uh, more to get drunk on the weekends and try and pick up <laughs> girls, you know, like, yeah. but, uh, college shit, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so I ended up meeting those guys and then, uh, man, we just started playing college gigs. We started off playing on the weekends out there. And then, you know, when we all graduated, it was kind of like, I'd kind of lost my passion for, for sports at that time. I was really over it. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I, you know, I, I'd finished with my degree, but I, I didn't want anything to do with that. And, uh, I just loved doing music so much, but yeah, we, I mean, we would get just, we would have a lot of fun. We would just have a really good time. And, and then we kind of from there moved into Omaha, which because we were living outside of Omaha, moved into Omaha and really started to take it seriously and kind of see where it would take us. So, yeah, tell me about uh, the Nebraska days. Oh, man, it was man, college was fun, man. Yeah. We, so when, when we moved out there, I, I didn't know what to expect. I was the only kid out of my class to go out of state to college. So I thought it was a huge deal when really I was going to Blair, Nebraska. It was like the exact same thing. Like it wasn't different at all. It's eerily similar to where I just left. Yeah. I was like, this, uh, this looks oddly familiar. Cornfields and shit. Yeah. I got you. But you know, I, I I think back at my college experience and I can't imagine going to school with like thousands of kids. And we were just in this little small suburb town of Omaha. We had a blast, man. We had so much fun. I just, we made the best of the opportunity that we were given there. I feel like, so that was, that was cool to look back on it and see that. Cause it's, it also stinks that our college doesn't exist anymore. So it closed down like probably eight years ago, I think. Uh-huh. So it's not even a college anymore. I actually just got some pictures. Casey was up on campus and it's like, everything's boarded up. People walked in and just, they could take whatever they want. And it was just, it was madness. So, but yeah, but we, we made the best out of it. It was La- great. Last person to leave lights the match, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly that's what it was. Out. Go, go in, take whatever you want and just trash it. Uh, so screaming for silence, uh, you know, obviously we talked about kind of the, the, the initial formation with, uh, with, with Danny and Casey, um, from the college days. Um, tell me about, you know, trying to put this, put this band together and really try to take it to where this, okay, this is what we're going to do. You know, we're going to be a band that, that puts out original songs, which is, you know, first and foremost is probably one of the tougher things for any band to do because right. it's, it's much easier to get gigs playing at the, you know, the hotel bar, you know, right. covering Seeger. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it, absolutely. It, the difficulty comes in, you know, originality. And I mean, even if you, if you do watch and, and we don't, we watched like one season of like the voice cause the local guy was on there, but they, right. they, they, they preach that like, well, don't do an original, do something that people, that people know and can relate to. So that's, right. that's a challenge in itself. But then to take it from a, a, a point of we're going to do originals, we're going to go out and we're going to put music out. We're going to tour. We're going to do the, you know, trying to get on the festival circuit. Um, kind of run me through how the screaming for silence, the, the early days you know, yeah. progressed. Yeah. So, so when we first started, we definitely, we were on that cover bandwagon mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. you know, the thing with cover bands is they get paid really oh, yeah. well. So we're, so, so we're in college getting paid really nice to play these gigs. Uh, but we wanted to do something different. We didn't want to go down that path. That's something that from the very beginning we had made very clear. Uh, so we wrote a few original songs and we would always milk them into our set somewhere and, and, it got to be, I, I thought things were going well when people were like, I really like the original song more than the covers you play. Yeah. Like you guys should expand on it. So that's, right. we kind of were glad we were going in that direction and had some positive comments and, and reinforcement from that. And then, uh, man, we just, we started playing the scene and started getting in touch with some of the bands and just, 
we always made it a point. One thing we always wanted to make a point of is no matter what, we did it, everything 110%. We were going to be on a show. We were going to be out promoting. We were going to be talking to as many people as we could to get to the show. And uh, it just, I think people started to notice that. People started to come out to the shows to hear all of our originals. And then the radio station from our local town uh, got involved and mm -hmm. kind of really helped us out and got behind us. And, and she's very hard to impress. But she just noticed the work we were putting in and that, that things were working. So Was there, you know, when you made it, because I, I imagine at some point you kind of have to make a, a choice about, is this something that we're just, you know, are we, are we doing this? You know, are we kind of, it's very easy. Not, I shouldn't say easy. It's not. It's, it's, it's very challenging to have a, you know, a full-time gig, whether it's doing an eight to five or, or, or doing shift work and then booking gigs on the weekend and then, you know, trying to incorporate some travel in there. But obviously when you start getting some attention from local radio stations and that tends to expand, you know, they obviously have some connections and things like that. Um, you know, w when was the decision made to like, all right, well, let's, let's jump on this horse because you've run one before and see how far it's going to take us. So like when we got out of college and we had moved into town and then uh, I'll be more, a little more specific. We actually sat down with, uh, there was a guy in a band called emphatic. His name's Justin McCain, who is now in a band called through fire that mm -hmm. is doing awesome things yeah. right now. Um, he helped us out a ton and was always uh, a very good mentor for us. And is one of my really great friends. I consider him a best friend. And uh, um, we sat down, we wrote a song together that's called separate. That was really the song that really kind of started things off for us and, and took it up a notch, I feel like. And uh, we wrote that song with them, the radio station there started playing it and it kind of started to spread a little bit. And uh, at that point in time, we were all like working jobs, but they were all jobs that we knew were just to kind of fill in and help make some money and pay the bills while we were really focused on this. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if this was a good or a bad thing, but at that point in time, we all lived together. So all <laughs> four of us at the time were living in the same townhome and it was just madness, just mm -hmm. absolutely crazy. Uh, but the time of my life, man. And then, and then it was weird. We kind of all moved out and I thought for a moment it was going to be over with. And uh, the gal from the radio station called us and she says, I want to sit down with you guys. Let's have a talk. Hmm. And she pulled us together and was like, you guys have something really cool here. Like, I think that you should give it one last shot and just see what happens. And then it was like lighting the match and dropping it, dude. And it right. just exploded. Like then all, all of a sudden we got offered a tour. The first tour was absolutely awful, but we were out on tour. <laughs> we were driving eight to 10 hours a night, but you know, right. that got us out on the road. And then Man, it just was a real big snowball effect from then. So it was awesome, man. Awesome. Gosh, man, just thinking about it now, like, <laughs> it made me I'm like memories yeah. of the way we were. No, yeah. You know, I think, right. you know, when, when uh, having 20 years in, uh, in rock radio and, and getting to go, you know, it, it interact with bands on so many different levels and in so many different points of their career. And I think until you get to, uh, this uh, it's almost it almost feels like an imaginary level right you know it's when we get a chance to see or when fans get a chance to see a band that's on tour whether they're the opening act or they're co-headlining or they're the headliner like people come out and they're at that show doors are at six they get there at seven couple of cocktails blah 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 blah. watch the band the band's having fun yeah ooh, they're doing they're signing autographs sign with the band then they go home you know right. what i think you know, you have now is like really when like the labor starts, 
You know, right. you know, you guys aren't running with a bunch of people that are hauling your shit out. You know, you got, you're helping the drummer tear his kit down because God knows they need all the help they can get. And then it's pack up and then it's drive to the next town. It's the one guy that's got to stay sober so that you can get to the next town. Yep. And especially in those early years, that is really like one of the bigger tests I feel for a band because not only are you having to put those long days in and if you're, you know, dedicated, like, like screaming for silence has been, it's not get to the next venue and then sound check and chill and eat. It's call the radio station, get a hold of them, stop out, do a thing, do an acoustic or, you know, do an interview pictures, all that stuff. You know, it's, it's so constant. And so I think to get kind of through that initial trial period is probably one of the bigger struggles that a band has to go through. I feel like nine out of ten that that makes or break a that makes or breaks the band. I feel yeah. like I, I can't remember is it the guy from Kiss or somebody that said like it's just the matter of fighting through those years that yeah. keeps bands together. If you make it out on the other side, you're gonna make something out of it. But you got to get through that first break, and man, it was it's taxing. It was definitely taxing, and it definitely took a toll on us. But you know, I think we all had the drive that we wanted to keep doing it. You know, you. Mm-hmm. You play a show, you pack up, you go to a city where nobody knows who you are, right. um, and you show up, and some nights you could play in front of nobody. Yeah. And that's just the worst feeling ever. Like, what am I doing here? Like, we could be playing the same thing in the garage, and I could go home and sleep in my bed the next, you know, get up right. the next day, make some money. But, like, we didn't want to do that, man. We wanted to keep going. And, you know, I think one thing that people always have said about us that um, is my favorite thing ever is that we're, we were very hardworking and we were relentless with not wanting to go home. We always wanted to be out on the road and, and keep building that name and keep growing our family, that screaming for silence family. So, and that's, you know, the, the, the thing about getting through those, those times and, and this can be translated into, to, to, to life in general, but when you're going through all of those playing in front of nobodies in, in like empty venue dudes at the bar like what the fuck is going on here but you're but still trying to hone in on your craft and then knowing the rigs you know and the rolls of the road and you know trailers that break i mean i don't know you know as many bands as i follow you see these bands that that have roadside issues all the time and and that unless you're selling 100 t-shirts or 200 t-shirts a night it's tough to come across that funds but i think when you get through that and you, you, when you approach another challenge, you know, two years down the road, you go, this is bad, but it's not like, yeah, you know, Kennesaw, yeah. that was horrible. Remember we got through that shit? We can get through this. So it kind of, it kind of calluses your, uh, your wherewithal to get through those kind of things when you've been able to push through it, especially in the early years. Nailed it. Yeah. Absolutely nailed it. Yeah. I mean, some of those beginning shows, I'll never forget being stranded on the side of the road in Louisiana in a van with no air conditioning broke down trying to push it into the gas station and just sweat dripping off us. And I, I was thinking in my head, like if it gets worse than this, <laughs> I'll probably quit. I'd probably throw in the towel because this is awful. We were on like our third van. Like it was just brutal, but man, we made it. We, we, yeah. we made it. We, we battled through and uh, you know, we always banded together. And you know, one thing I'll say about us is we, we hardly ever fought like mm. bands talk about like I've seen bands getting fist fights before. I've seen them blow up at each other in venues in front of fans. And like that was one thing that about us is that like we never broke like that. We always kind of stayed tied together and, and really uh, banded through it. You know, uh, army of band of brothers or whatever. Survivors, man. 
fucking survivors. survivors. Absolutely. You know, it reminds me when you talk about, and this isn't you know necessarily a mechanical issue, but the one of the one of the times you guys were up at Rockfest, and I, I noted to bring this story up because we've we've chatted about it on several occasions, but uh, not on this platform before. Uh, we were we were all jacked out, but we were texting each other back and forth, and I was making fun of Casey, and we'll talk about that story from the previous year um, at Rockfest. But uh, you know, you, you were you were late getting there, and we kind of we finally hooked up, and I was like, "What's up, dude?" And you're like, "All my shit's gone." <laughs> like I'm like, "What? What? Like like you fucking lost the trailer? You're just here in a van, and you're gonna you know what are we doing? Uh, fucking buckets and uh, buckets and banjos set here, and like." It, it, so something happened where the, the door of the uh, trailer flew open and nobody else's shit fell out except for yours. Nope. My bag comes flying out. We, <laughs> we turned into this. It was a busy street. I don't We were somewhere in Milwaukee headed up right. there and turned into a busy street. It flies out in the street and we caught it, but it was so busy. The street was so busy. We couldn't, we, like we parked, we all get out to run out and grab it. And like literally, it was like straight out of a movie, like straight out of planes, trains, and automobiles, <laughs> where he, somebody driving by hits my suitcase and it gets stuck under their car and just they take off. Down the and road. Like, I'm like chasing them down, like trying to, and like a few things fly out. I think a pair, uh, my pair of jeans flew out and one of my cutoff t shirts uh, flew out. And that's what I wore the rest of the weekend. <laughs> All of my shit was gone. Just gone. I was like, oh my gosh, this is the worst. Hey, so, that's not, that's not totally true because I, I, I think dug through some of my shit and we had some station t-shirts were like, here you go, have some stuff. Absolutely. And I remember you guys had little gift bags for us at that time and it couldn't have been more perfect because (laughs) it had like deodorant, toothbrush, fucking black uh, socks, pregnancy test, uh, (laughs) the essentials people, black socks, pregnancy tests. It was amazing. So it couldn't have come in at more of a better time. And I will say that I told the story on stage that night when we played and it was pretty cool. Like all the bands that come up and be like, "Hey man, here's a T-shirt. Yeah, like I hope you make it through the weekend and the rest of the tour." And it, it all worked out, man. You're like, but I don't even fucking I- like you guys, but thank you. This is great. <laughs> yeah, I don't like yeah. your sound. Who no. are you again? <laughs> this is great. Wait, I'm, I'm, should be promoting my own goddamn band. Oh wait, that's taking money out of merch. Don't take money out of merch, Zeb. Right. Jeez. Yeah. Absolutely. We couldn't afford that at that time. No, it was. Uh, yeah, we did those gift bags, and we started doing this. Uh, you know, we were at Rockfest. I think we did eight years out there um you know before i left radio and and when you start to develop a relationship and it kind of talked about the understanding of of what it's like to be below that that level where somebody's fucking making sure you have clean black socks every day and all the right all that shit and we just started when we developed a relationship you know you guys and a bunch of other of the bands that we we knew and we we you start to have conversations like this, obviously not on a podcast or in a, in a radio interview, but you start to hear those stories of the road and, and you understand that living in a Walmart parking lot or sleeping, you know, outside of uh, XYZ uh, buildings uh, for the night. And you're like, you know what, what can we do? That's this, it may not get you very far Four or five guys in a band and a, in a you know, somebody who's hauling equipment around, you got five or six toothbrushes and you got some, it's just shit that you're like, Hey, you know, that, that actually will get me, it, it helped maybe it, it maybe helped. late maybe it'll get me late that's really what our end game was <laughs> because if we didn't have the toothbrushes from you right. who knows who wasn't brushing their teeth you know, or, I, or, I know deodorant was in there so that deodorant probably lasted casey like three years because i think he works <laughs> deodorant like once a week so you know one layer yeah. and he's fucking good man yeah yeah he's good he'd smell himself and be like ah, i got some deodorant now at least so you know that yeah, was- no. 
Perfect, man. Perfect. That was one of our favorite things. And, and one of the things that I, I, I really, truly cherished about my radio career um, is that when you get to know somebody uh, on a personal level and you know, you know, the struggles that they're going through and you have the ability to, to do what you can to, to kind of help their career out and, and further their journey is we started developing relationships with bands that we called tangible that were real, that, uh, existed in a, in a vein where not only us as, as radio personalities and then friends, but also, uh, listeners and fans that would come out to the show and, and even fans that weren't fans, but they saw you and maybe because, because of the station or because of something that we had done and they became fans, but you guys were, you're real. Like you're, you know, even though you're seven feet tall and you're like, you know, where's Zeb? There he is over there. And he's, you're still a real, you know, human being. And you will go and be, you will sign autographs after a show and you will, you will wait till the last fan is gone. We developed so many of those relationships with bands that were below that, that level of what we call the untouchables. Who, 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 if you show, if they show up, you better be like prepared to get a red carpet rolled out. What's this shitty bag full of deodorant? I got, you know, I, I have my own brand of deodorant. I don't need your shit. Your dollar store fucking old, you know, old spice stuff, man. Goes up in the air kind of guys hmm. sometimes. Oh, you. What market? No, and, and we appreciate that so much, yeah. man, because especially like when, you know, is we talk about getting through some of those struggles and hard yeah. times and, and you guys really, like I'll never forget, you were literally the first station outside of our hometown hmm. that played the King's Crown. Right. And I just, I'll never forget that. And you kind of took us under your wing, man. And like, it's amazing because we weren't there yet, but you giving us a shot, man, made us feel like we we had a shot and like we we could really do something. And it just it was great, man. So we'll always appreciate that. So thank you, you and your missus for well, that. There's, you know, when you when you get too deep into uh, the industry and it's and it's things that I've you know, I've talked about and all my podcasts I've done with with guys that are in bands is the, the there's a like, almost a steel curtain not to bring up the Steelers, but there's a steel <laughs> curtain that. It really sucks when you uh, a lot of radio stations out there across the country. There, there's not somebody in a chair who has a, the opportunity to put something in like the King is Crowned or play a band like Royal Bliss or Wayland or you know early stuff like Red Sun Rising when they first came out and we we jumped on board right away. It's mm-hmm. just like until you get here, you can't come to like you're outside of the, the door of the party and the security guards are keeping you out. And yep. so a lot of stations in the country are like that. And especially when you talk about big conglomerates, whether it's the iHearts of the world or Cumulus, you know, they're programmed by one guy and he's playing, you know, shut up. I want to say shut up and play the hits, but right. shut up and play the top, the the big five right. and then fill in the rest with, you know, the, you know, really well paid for up and comers. Right. I right. didn't trust. I didn't get paid. Otherwise, you know, I'd be in, fucking, <laughs> I'd be in, be in the Caymans living the dream. Right. But yeah, to, to, absolutely. Be, to be able to have some influence on uh, getting a band into a, a festival or having them get some radio play and, and, and whatever that led to, if it leads to a download, right. if it leads to, uh, hey, I'll check these guys out, I'll like their Facebook page, and, and we know how valuable that digital media can be. Um, it, it, was, it was always good to see you know, success happen uh, with those bands because you knew you had, you had some part of it. And when you develop something like, you know, the report that we had, I mean, we'll get into the story of losing Casey, um, 
but that's that was just kind of like the, that was like the first weekend that we had met. We'd done some stuff obviously on the yep. phone and at the station and, and uh, you know with the King is Crown and stuff. But when we first like hung, like we hung, like kind yeah. of like kind of yeah. uncomfortably all weekend. We're like, well, you guys uh, don't have a gig tomorrow. I might as well just fucking stay. Yeah. Um, Let's just hang out, yeah. But that's you know that became more important, I think, than than playing the the, the top five uh, on repeat because that's what rock was supposed to be. Rock radio Absolutely. was supposed to be like, uh, let's introduce you to this band and let's get you hooked on this band and, and whether it was local or regional or just a band that was like, hey, we're from you know X Y Z Florida and we have a really cool right. song and um, so it was it was cool to be a part of. You know when the King is Crown came out and the success behind that, and then getting you guys up to uh, to Rockfest a couple of times and the sure fucking wild shenanigans that happened up there. Always one of my favorites. Always one of my favorites. So crazy. Yeah. So crazy. So we're um, and, and we'll again we'll we'll get back to a lot of this uh, stories of our <laughs> misguided adventures. Yeah. Um, you know, right now, uh, you know, where where's the band at? You know, in the current state, we kind of talked about about this before. Um, before the podcast started is life happens. Uh, people fall in love. <laughs> people have babies. Um, a lot of times those things can, I don't want to say mess up a flow, but it seems right. like screaming for silence has like, and you even referenced it, this brotherhood of like, dude, that's like, it, it's cool. Like you be happy here and you be happy here. Yet the, you know, at the core, it's still right. stronger than ever. I mean, it's, it started probably, I mean, it's been, I think about five years since, uh, man, we went, we felt like, you know, kind of picking up where we left off with the, the King is crown started hitting and things were going really well. And we, you know, we have always been an independent band, but you know, we really, to go into the industry side of things, like we had some opportunities that mm. were going to change things for us and really take our career to another level. And um, I'll never forget, we drove out to New York City. We showcased for a label. They loved it. Everything was great. Mm. Um, let's do this. Let's make it happen. You know, we're setting dates with the producer we had worked with that, you know, uh, his name's Eric Ron, that, you know, is fantastic and on top of the world right now. And just, we were on cloud nine. Like right. nothing could have taken us down at that point in time. And just, it was like month, we'd go a month and we, yeah, 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 everything's still going to happen. And then another month and be like, yeah, yeah we, you know, we're still going to do this. It's just taking some time for everything to go through. And then it was like a half a year later where finally we were realizing like, man, it's just, it's not going right. to happen. Right. And we, you know, at that point in time, I think we kind of got bitter. We mm. were kind of being, we felt like we had been jaded, like we had, you know, played all our cards right and everything was supposed to happen. And I could just feel it that we were kind of starting to burn out a little bit, like being on the road, we kept pushing it and pushing really hard. And, and so I think we had all kind of come to terms with, it was just time to take a little break at that point in time. Mm. So we kind of took our break and then, you know, we recorded the house of glass EP yeah. um, and kind of toured on that. And, and just, it, it just, not that it, it fiddled out, but we just kind of, we were like, all right, we need to take a little, like we need to all take some time in our personal lives and catch up. Cause that's one thing that, you know, we all missed out on whenever, whenever, when we graduated college, we uh, went out on the road and toured and play rock and roll music while everybody else was finding real jobs and stabilizing their lives and getting married. And then I think 
everybody was kind of ready to give that a try. So, right. and, you know, it's awesome to see what's going on with all the guys. And, and you're completely right that we're all so happy for each other and personally happy in our lives. But, you know, we still, anytime we get together, it's like back to business, man. We, we all look at each other in the same room again and it's like, all right, let's do this. Like it's time to go. So yeah, the, for sure. The industry is, uh, and I didn't, I didn't know the story about uh, the New York trip and that's, you know, there's so much, I'm trying to think of the appropriate word to use here, bullshit right. in, in the industry. And it's, there, there are some bands that have quote unquote made it that are less deserving of that level of success than bands that are again, right there. They're going to the meetings. They're, they're, they're set, you know, here we are, we've busted our ass and broken axles and, and lost clothes and, and right. all the things that you have to go through to, to get to that point, just to get to the meeting. It's, it sucks to see, uh, you know, when, when you put hard work in and you put dedication in and really you sacrifice years of your life and, and, and not that they're sacrifice maybe is a bad word because you, you've will always cherish those. You will always oh. remember the, the memories will always be there, but 100%. You, you put the grind in, you know, you, you, you put the hours in your songwriting and getting music out and doing it on your own and, and booking yep. your own shows. And, and then to, to get to a point where you're like, you can exhale a little bit. Right. And then, and then somebody kicks you in the nuts and you're like, well, yeah. well, well, well. yeah. Some, you know, sometimes a break is, and not even I don't even think that, that it doesn't feel like you guys went on a break. It just feels like there was there was an exhale to be for like, sure. okay, we 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 pedaled to the metal for for so many years, right? And uh, you know this didn't work out. Let's explore some other things. And 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 really, all it feels like all that stuff does when when life happens and interjects itself, um, in, in especially in the music industry, is all you, you find different stories and you find different reasons for writing and different reasons for performing and. And, right. and and probably takes you you know probably levels you up a little bit, um, you know when it's when it's time to go around again. For sure, for sure, and definitely we were getting to the point where it was all about the business, and that's mm. all we wanted to do, and it kind of made it you know took the fun out of the right. you know we're here to you know write rock and roll and kick ass you know and not worry about all that stuff, and it was good to get back to that. We, you know, with the House of Glass EP, that's kind of what we went back to, yeah. and you, we were all much happier that way. I feel like, and I just. Yeah, I mean, we like I said, we all kind of had that bitter moment, like you said. I, you know, taking that exhale was exactly what it was for sure. So it's uh, what are we in? Almost football season, so we're in the fall. Yep. Um, it's, it was a, a very a busy uh, summer for you guys, uh, as, as as far as the personal life stuff goes, with with some of the band members. You know, what is is there a is there a plan? Is there a you know, hey. Obviously, obviously, when you have you know when people have babies and people fall in love, they need some time to you know consummate or whatever it is that people do uh, these days. I don't know, I've been married so long it doesn't even remember <laughs> what that's like anymore. But don't you even know, think about it. All right. It, nah, nah, I'm like, are you are you home? No, I don't even know if she's home or not. It's that's fine. But you know, I there's you can always tell with somebody that they have uh, a drive and a passion and like yeah, this is. This is what I do. You know, you, you'll, right. you'll find things to fill the gaps. You know, I know you, right. you sling drinks and you get people drunk, you know, kudos yeah. to you. Kudos. Yes. To you. Um, but that, that is still, that fire still burns within you. So is there, what's the, um, you know, the next step for, uh, for you, for the band? 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, for us, we you know we were fortunate enough. We just we played last. It's been a few weeks ago, I guess, that we played, and uh, it was great to see everybody. You know, to get us all in the same room, and you know, then we always kind of get it kind of gets the fire burning and you know what is next and uh next year is actually a really big year for us it'll be our 15th year anniversary as Damn. a band for screaming for silence which is crazy i hate to date ourselves but <laughs> old man I, yeah yeah but we've talked about that we really want to make that a big deal and and try and get out and see some of those fans that we haven't seen for a few years now and and really try and get out there and you know maybe try and put some new music out and some new content and, and really freshen things up a little bit and just uh, you know we've always talked about it's it'll never I don't think it'll ever go away just because we are so close right. you know that even if we play one show a year we're we're still going to be screaming for silence but I think next year we kind of decided that we'd like to try and get out there a little bit and see some people and and hopefully uh, you know let everybody know we're still around and just celebrate man like it's yeah. been crazy that it's been that long and and that we've kept it going. You know, there's there's something to be said about a step back from the light. You know, there's there's some artists out there that you, they're never really gone. Like it, it right. feels like you, and and that does create you know with listeners with fans uh, maybe outside of the really hardcore dedicated ones that need to have that in their lives. But if you if you take a step back from what is the you know the record cycle of put a record out tour record, put a record out, tour, record, especially right. in a day and age now where if, if, if you write after this gets done and you finish your bush light, yep. shameless plug, <laughs> shameless plug, bush light, I'm just saying, there we go. and you're inspired to, to write, are you like this, this song comes to your mind and, and, and you call up the guys, you're like, Hey, you know, I, I got this thing and it's, it's rattling around in my head and, and, and you, and all of a sudden in, in a week's time, you could have a song Theoretically, just you know, yeah, absolutely. Throwing ideas yeah. that could be in your fans' ears, For just sure. like that. But when I think when you when you're able to kind of spit those things out here and there, and it's the same way with I think doing shows. You kind of you sprinkle it in here. You do an end of summer bash on August second, like you're trying to fast forward through yep. the best time of year, assholes. Yep. <laughs> but you're. But I think you're. You know, when you take when you take it out of everybody's you know vision for a second. And you come back, and you can rejuvenate yourself. You can kind of get off the road. You can kind of relax, and you know, do my podcast, which I really appreciate. Yes, thank and you. but then to be able to come back, especially with an anniversary year, and and just kind of go full out. I mean, you know, you right. you've had a chance to let the engine cool a little bit, and you know, fire it up when it needs to be fired up. For sure. For sure, and and we look forward to that. Like like I said, it just keeps it going, and like I said, we'll, we'll be one of those bands that I don't think will ever go away. And you know, mm -hmm. I get that all the time. Like I get right. tons of messages, and I don't blame people for asking. I guess just because it got to be where we were touring so hard that everybody they just thought it would never stop. I guess right. I don't know. Like is that that was just the standard? We were always on tour. We were always trying to play, and then when that stopped. Uh, people were like, oh, they're broke up. They're done. Yeah. When that necessarily wasn't the case. But so, you know, we try and, you know, play these shows throughout the year to remind people we are still around and that we do still exist and we still like to play shows and, and love rock and roll. So Zeb had to take time to grow that fantastic beard. Yes, right absolutely. These things, absolutely. these things take time, man. They do. It's Lots a, of patience, right? That is, you know, that was the one thing that my wife was kind of against it when I, I made the executive decision. Uh, she approved. <laughs> she approved my decision. Yeah, uh, right. You know, to kind of uh, look homeless for a while, <laughs> and uh, it really, I think, teaches you this art of being patient. Right. And right. 
maybe that has this, it has the same connotation in where the screaming for silence band is yet. You know, you're just like, <laughs> you know what? Just give it some time. Yeah, just, just, gonna, just need a little bit of time. It'll come around. It's gonna it'll be. It'll, it'll fill in. Just you wait. Bald spots. It's gonna be fantastic. You know, yeah. it's gonna be amazing. Uh, I I don't want to let you go without without telling a, our original story of of when we first met um, at yes. Rockfest. God, that's been five six years ago. It's it's in that in that wheelhouse of yeah five of or it, six for sure. It's been a it's been a minute. Um, so we had, we'd obviously had conversations. Uh, through the station and, and with the single and knew you guys were coming to Rockfest. We did an interview before, uh, before you guys came up there. Um, and this is the year before the great escape of Zeb's suitcase. This is, um, this is the, the year of the great wedding. The wedding. Um, yeah. See, uh, you guys were hanging around the booth and there was this, there was this lady who had contacted uh, me through the station, uh, weeks prior to Rockfest, And like, like I had some like, you know, carrot to dangle over the festival, like, yes. And while you're at it, why don't you make that stage bigger? And yeah. I, I really, she, this girl, Carol, uh, who is from Louisiana, uh, from new Orleans, really had her heart set, uh, huge rock and roll fan, really yep. had her heart set on getting married to her Prince Charming on yep. stage on the main original thought on the main stage at Rockfest, like right before, like, I don't know. Like, Avenge Sevenfold. Yeah, right before Avenge, right. uh, Avenge Sevenfold. Yeah. And obviously, I, 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 Wade and I, the promoter, we're, we're good friends. And I just kind of shot in this message. I'm like, so this is like totally going to happen, right? And obviously in a joking way, knowing that right. you know, let's let's get production to shut down the stage. For, <laughs> yeah, to for stop Carol. doing what they're doing and uh, let this thing happen. Didn't quite work out that way. They did end up getting married up on, on the top stage. Uh, where you guys, uh, you guys were yep. playing that day, yep. and so it, you guys were kind of in the in the booth, and Carol was there with her, at that time, soon to be husband, and right. I don't know how my, my wife and you and Casey, I had to be in the booth. All of a sudden, end up like being a part of Carol's wedding. <laughs> there are there are still some photos. Uh, there's one I got. Well, I'm gonna try to find it and share it uh, yes, on my socials of like. You and Casey are kind of by each other, and and he just has obviously he's got the giant yellow mohawk, and he just has this look of like, what the fuck am I doing here, on his face. They get, oh man, and so they get married, and the ceremony, yay, is all, and then we ended up coming up uh, to watch the end of your guys' set, and uh, we hung out and watched whoever was uh, was on the the top stage up there for a while, somehow or some way or another. We ended up with Casey. I'm sorry for that, by the way. And like we're like, hey, we're gonna head down to you know, there's there's three or four different places to to consume cocktails, yep. including like our our RV. There was booze in the booth. There's another bar down on the that was doing had a bunch of cover bands down there. And he would just he's like kind of hung with us, and we're like, yeah. Yep. And we're like, we're all Wisconsin. Like this is you know, like this is what we do. Right. Doing shots here, and somebody's like, "Hey, we got Jello." Shot. And Casey's just like, "Yeah, you know, here's this, you know, skinny white dude from Nebraska, you know, uh-huh. doing yeah. shots with us." And we end up at this at the one of the far bars down by the main stage, and we're doing some more more drinking because that's what we were doing. Right. And my wife and I are talking to a, a couple different people, and I turn around and I, Casey's a hard person to miss from the back. I mean, from any any direction. Right. But all you see, wandering up the hill. In kind of a zigzag. You remember Weeble Wobbles? Remember what a yeah, Weeble Wobble was? was? Yes. Oh, this, yeah. This Weeble First Wobble part. Mohawk just like flowing back and forth, <laughs> trying to find his way up the hill. 
and uh, we we did catch him the next day and and apologized for how he was feeling because I'm sure it wasn't wasn't great. Wasn't he? He kind of gets to a point where you just kind of got to like corral him. Like you can't really tell him where to go or kind of how things are going. You just kind of gotta like, hey, go like kind of go this way. And yeah, well, we didn't want yeah. we didn't want to yeah. abandon yeah. him. You know, he like always right. he felt like we brought our kid with. You know, it's like okay, no. Who's got eyes on Casey? Because yeah. if we lose oh, him, gosh. you know, because I think you guys were probably parked up on the top oh, of the yeah. stage. And I, I was like, oh, it's. Coop, if I had a dollar for every time <laughs> one of us had to babysit Casey Newsome <laughs> and make sure that he was okay, we'd both be in the main or the, the islands. We man, would. The, we'd be in the Caymans, yeah. man, just like reminiscing on remember that one time yes yeah, so we almost lost remember when we remember when we uh were sick of you so you had to go with coop and his wife because- <laughs> the, you know what i i do recall there was some ushering him along like we're like oh casey didn't come with us like okay cool bye. see you guys later bye, bye. Right, so, yeah have fun bye <laughs> yeah, fun. Like, good like, luck through a tank top i'd be like here throw this screaming for silence tank top on and then you can take him I'm like all right cool <laughs> sure and sure. then uh, but 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 long story short he's fine yeah you he know made it. he's good He's good. Fine. Uh, <laughs> uh, but thank you so much, you know, for uh, for the time, for the stories. I, I find these, what this uh, this avenue has given me is a real insight to people want to know. Like, people want to hear the bad stuff, the good stuff, the, well, here's how I ended up up here yeah. and, and, and a, you know, a status check. And But, I know, I, I appreciate the time. I know it's Friday night yeah. and... Thanks for having me, man. I love it. It's great to catch up, and it was awesome, man. I love what you're doing. I love the platform. It's it's amazing. So we love it. 2020, 15 years of Screaming for Silence. Years. We will. Uh, I better see your ass. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, we, we got to get back up there. We got to get back up there. We got to rock it out. We we made a uh, post about where we should go, and we had a couple people say Wisconsin, so we need to get back up there for sure. So we appreciate all the support, man. I Always may, one of my favorites. I may be able to find you a spot to play. I yeah, mean, thank, you. I mean, thank you. I mean, no. But the deal is, don't fucking shave that beard, dude. <laughs> I'm keeping the beard, Shame. but the deal is, you have to babysit Casey again. So, <laughs> uh, I feel like I'm getting the short end of the stick here. No, he's he seems he seems grown up and responsible now. Yeah, he's grown up. He's grown yeah, up good. a lot. He's yeah, it's great. I'm still that's gonna. Funny. You know those when the parents bring their kids to Disney World, they put them on those leashes. And yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah. exactly what he needs. Hang on, exactly I'm gonna I'm gonna jump on Amazon right now and get me a couple of those. Let's see, he's probably yeah. he's probably a it, medium. It's probably <laughs> named after him. I think. <laughs> it's, it's it's called. Hey, get yourself a Casey Newsom. Yeah, yeah get oh a Casey Newsom, would you? Oh awesome. yeah, that little leash that drags your kid along—that's perfect. Uh, if uh, if listeners of the podcast want to follow uh, the band and, and find out what you guys got going on, especially for the big gear coming up next year, where can they find you guys? Oh man, uh, screamingforsilence.com, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube—you just type in "screaming for silence" and you can find us everywhere. Awesome, thank you, brother. I appreciate your time. Take care of yourself. Thanks. Take care of that beard. Keep on oiling that shit. You'll be good to yes. go. Yes, great to catch up with you, man. I appreciate you having me on. Awesome.